0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station.
1: Open for Business is powered by Bosboulet.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary.
2: BFM 89.9. Good morning. I'm Roshan Karnison and welcome to Open for Business. Now, no matter how good a learning app is, it will always struggle to compete against games like Roblox and content like uh, like YouTube Kids. And given that in this digital era, children have an increasingly easy access to the wide array of technologies... Parents are finding it difficult, uh, are finding themselves faced with the dual challenge of maintaining discipline over their kids' screen time while ensuring that the content they're engaging with is both age-appropriate and educational. Essentially, they need to strike a balance between encouraging tech savviness in the child while protecting the child's well-being and development. The young parents of two faced the uh, faced the exact same problem and decided to pull together a team of experts to build an app called Carrots and Cakes that focuses on improving the quality of kids' screen time based on a science-based approach by allowing parents to limit the time spent on different apps in the hopes that this will allow children to have Balance usage between education and entertainment. Today on the show you'll learn how the co-founders of Carrots and Cakes, Meredith DiPaolo and Hamel Shah, are trying to address this pressing concern, why this is a business and not just a feature, and how they plan to monetize this in order to make this business sustainable in the longer run. Meredith Hamel, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, thanks for having us.
2: Hi, hi, Russian. So I think uh the, the why is quite clear, right? You're both parents, uh, you had an itch to scratch because you had the same problem and you needed to deal with it. Um, but as much as parents are willing to spend on their kids, there's also this general competition for this share of wallet or share of spending on, uh, on children. So when you were looking at this, when you decided to enter this, did you, aside uh, your own sample size in the room right now, did you go out and talk to other parents? How did you test that there was a larger market out there for this?
0: What we really discovered was this pain point was part of the conversation already at large. So when, when we started developing carrots and Cake, it was around the same time as COVID. So mm-hmm. our young daughters were sent home from school and suddenly socialization, um, recreation, education, everything became centered around screens. And we saw a real direct effect between their time on screens growing and a decline in their behavior and tantrums when we told them it was time to come off screen. And it wasn't just for Hamila and myself, but But our our brothers and sisters in other countries, our friends, um, basically everyone we knew was was suddenly pulling their hair out um, over this issue of how to control kids' screen time.
3: Every single family. So, you know, try and find a family who doesn't have a screen time struggle with their kids.
0: So I think when you find something that feels like a personal problem and you realize this is actually a universal problem, Mm -hmm. you realize, you know what, we can make a business out of this.
2: Yeah, and we'll get into how you're going to monetize and getting that share of uh, the pie a little later in terms of the planning for that um that's it when did you i guess when when you were doing when you were developing it at what point did you because having the confidence that it will turn into a business is one thing but when did you realize that okay there is demand for this we've got x many users who are enjoying the product this is a viable business in the long run for us I think at the start, what we did was we tried out
3: everything that was out there inbuilt controls, third party controls. And what we found was nothing actually works. It mm. all says that, okay, look, you know, this is how you can reduce your kids' screen time, et cetera. But, you know, it actually creates more conflict. And parents try these things out and basically kids are very savvy. So they'll get around <laughs> them and basically kids have got more stamina than parents. Parents are busy working and tired and stuff and kids can, you know, wear you out. So we, we, we what we did was we took a, I'd say like a science-based approach, but then also side with something which is like how we parent naturally as, as, as parents. What we do is we say, hey, um, when they come home, do your homework before you play. Um, when we serve meals, we'll have healthy vegetables and protein first, and then you can have your dessert. We're not going to serve the dessert at the same time mm-hmm. as the as, uh, veg and protein. So that's what we apply to um, uh, the online um, situation.
2: So maybe elaborate a little further on that, because what it sounds like is that you've built or you're building an app that is having control outside itself to manage other, the use of other apps. How have you done that? Because usually it feels like operating systems want a little bit more control or don't like having apps have larger control than, uh, than within their self-contained containers. Talk to us a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, it's it's um, it's a huge challenge because that's what we're we're trying to do: is sequence the use of apps, which means blocking out certain apps, um, say on an iPad, and you know kids have to do educational stuff first, then everything opens up. And uh, the, the, the technology was a challenge. Our developers, you know, they've been working on, like, you know, kind of hacking stuff before and spying stuff. Not in this case. This is all, all <laughs> no, ethical. No. <laughs> um, but we, we've, we've needed a really skilled um, team of developers. And uh, a lot of the groups that we went to, we're not um, computer scientists or, or coders. Um, the teams that we went to, um, a lot of them said, look, you know, we're not taking on this project. We don't know if we can, you know, get to success at the end of it. And we said, no, let, let's, let's give it a go. And then we had this watershed moment where um, Apple allowed us to have um, some of these controls uh, interfacing with their, um, their operating system, but still maintaining privacy. Um, and that's called the Screen Time API. And when that was released, that's allowed us to do a lot of things in conjunction with the platform while still maintaining privacy um, that we weren't allowed to do before.
2: And that's that's what our product's been built off. Because then that allows Apple to manage the, you're handing it off to Apple to kind of their API to handle the, the control of other apps, essentially. Yes.
3: Yeah, we're, we're, we're triggering it on and off mm. um, on a schedule, so um, the parent, you know, sets that up, our um, app enables that, and then Apple implements that, or actually it's the device, mm-hmm. so Apple, Apple don't have that. So all the data is still held
2: on the device, and um, we, yeah, we don't have access to that. Before that API was introduced, I presume that you were doing this on Android because it's a bit more open in terms of development. In that sense. Um So it sounds like at that point it was still a bit difficult to for the iOS side of things because of how the walled garden that is Apple. Right, there, there are certain if you want to play in the garden there are certain rules you play by. So it sounds like there was. You know, There's still a risk in all this, in doing this. Even though there is a market demand, there is a risk to making it work. So what was it, I guess, that made you both think that this was worth the risk, uh, despite developers saying that they couldn't do it, despite the fact that at that time, Apple didn't have this API just yet? What was it that made it worth the risk at that time?
3: I think it comes back to what we discussed earlier. Um, it's affecting all families and all kids, and you know, we worked in quite a few different businesses. Got quite a you know long, long background. And then finding a problem which is affecting everyone globally, and it affecting kids. And you know, um, it's affecting um, kids from poorer backgrounds more than you know kids mm. from richer backgrounds. So we thought, hey, look, you know, this is really a problem that we we'd love to solve,
2: and we had a solution. Today, um, so with all that in mind, could you take us through carrots and cake as it stands today and how it differs from the individual screen time monitoring that we have or the iOS interface or other in-app limits? Right, We were talking about that a little earlier, like YouTube has its own in-app limit, Instagram has it, but you can easily bypass it. Um, How does carrots and cake as it stands today differ and uh, what does it look like?
0: Well, when we started the journey, we really investigated all the different parental controls because we were those parents (laughs) that were pulling their hair out and, you know, going crazy over our kids' screen time. And um, what we really discovered was there seemed to be a critical gap between how these other parental controls were limiting screen time and how families really needed to use it. So um, what our thought process was that all of these other parental controls are basically, when it comes to screen time, simple timers. They're not addressing that how kids interact with the device affects their behavior. Mm. And what we want to do is not just say, okay, you know, have an hour on your iPad. Um, I've downloaded like seven great learning apps, but uh, you know, you also have TikTok and Instagram and YouTube on there do what you like in that hour, because kids do not have the self-control to sit and do those learning apps. They're always going to lose out to the the fun um, apps that are giving them instant gratification, that are giving them dopamine highs. Um, and we saw this opportunity to really like, approach this from a scientific, back, uh, a scientific viewpoint and improve kids' behavior so we can build resilience, so we can get kids um, to develop their self-control, to be able to put devices down. Mm. That's our long-term goal, is to have kids and families be in control of technology, benefit from the best that technology has to offer, um, rather than having te- technology being in control of them.
2: So how does the app work today?
0: So what happens is, parents when they when they download our app and set it up on their child's device, um, we actually have just introduced like a really easy sort of one-click mechanism where they can say how old their child is, and we'll pre-populate two web-based apps for them, um, and we'll already have the time limits, everything in for them to test it out. So when the child turns on their device, the only apps that they're able to access are those learning apps and then when the learning time finishes, the rest of the device unlocks. Then kids can have their entertainment. They still get to express their agency. So you don't end up having like a conflict between parents and kids, and kids feeling like their independence is being infringed upon, and becoming rebellious um, in their attitudes. Um, We really, we think of carrots and cake more as a parental guidance app rather than a parental control app. And mm-hmm. what we're trying to do is elevate um, families' screen time. Uh, so, But everything is also customizable. So you can choose any learning app you want from the app store. Um, you can choose any web-based app that maybe your child's school says they, that they have to do their homework on certain websites. You can do that and then we will, uh, then you know, if you're at the office and you know, you're away from home, you know that when your kids get off that school bus, run and grab a snack, and like immediately throw open their iPads, the only thing they're going to be doing are those learning apps that you've set up through carrots and cake. So you can, you don't have to nag them. You don't have to, um, you know, be the bad guy all the time. And the other great thing is that learning, it's, it's completely distraction free and focused for the period of time that they're doing it until uh, cake time opens up.
2: Um, any thoughts on uh, providing this for adults because I could see this working for me as well <laughs> in my um, do my work first before I get to my YouTube but um, the, the point stands here that essentially you 're sequencing it in a way that works for the parents, but you're taking away some of the because you can do some of this but it requires you go into settings and integrating all these different things, creating your own shortcuts, which is even for me I find a bit intimidating to do uh, and you're curating it because now you 've given presets so at least parents have a choice to start with because sometimes so you ask someone to build it themselves, it might take uh, a bit of friction there. Um, Meredith Hamil, we got a m- lot more to get into, which we will do in just a few minutes, uh, folks. I've been speaking with the co-founders of parental control learning app Carrots and Cake, uh, Carrots and Cakes. Sorry, Meredith, De and Hamil Shah. We'll be back in just a bit. I'm Russian Kinnison. You're listening to Open for Business. Keep it here, to BFM eighty-nine point nine, the Business Station.
1: Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBolle.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Best for Money, BFM 89.9 Open for Business is powered by BossBolle.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary.
2: BFM 89.9, welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kunnison, and this morning I've been speaking with the co founders of Parental Control and Learning App, Carrots and Cake, Meredith DePaolo and Hamil Shah. Um, Meredith, uh, uh, Hamil, earlier we got a little bit of a sense for what this is and the lengths that you've had to go through to build it, right? Because this is a problem. Uh, parents are facing difficulty fighting with kids over screen time. It's you see it in restaurants even before the pandemic. And I have plenty of young nephews and nieces, uh, which I see this firsthand from. Uh, Before we get into, you know, the building, the process of building this product, tell us a little bit about uh, how your respective backgrounds and experiences influence the way you've been building and developing this.
0: Sure. Uh, so uh, in terms of education, Hamill and I have always been very, very interested in um People's curiosity and learning. I went to Yale. Hamill went to Cambridge. Um, Education is just one of the top priorities in our life. Um, And then my background is I worked as a journalist and in TV for a number of years. I worked for a couple of television um, startup networks that were acquired by um, uh, NBC and and, uh, Universal Television Um, and yeah, I've just, I've had a lot to do with communication, talking with people and communicating ideas.
3: And uh, for me, I, my background has been in finance and business. Um, and, and, you know, uh, the business training, which was at Bain, you know, just taught me about, you know, what businesses are scalable and, you know, marketing and
2: all the different business functions. And so with those respective backgrounds in mind, then what are the- are the roles that each of you play as co-founder in Carrots and Cake?
0: Definitely, my my role is more along the lines of messaging, uh, user experience, and interface. Um, you know, th- talking to our customers, finding the pain points. Um, Hamels is a little bit more on the business end of things and technology.
2: Yeah, just getting things done with the team—that's <laughs> uh, that's hard enough. Yeah. So when I have the business questions later, I'll point them at you right now. <laughs> um, so. We talked a little bit about how this app is trying to change behaviours by sequencing, essentially, the use of uh, apps on my on uh, an iPad I give to a kid, for example. You do the educational things first, you do your homework, then you can eat your cake, essentially. Um, talk to us about, I guess, there were challenges along the way, I presume, in terms of everyone has a challenge when they build an app. But with you guys, you started off with... Uh, without the API, and then, you know, you mentioned earlier that developers initially were not so keen on it. So talk to us about the process of building the MVP uh, and uh, what that was like.
3: Yeah, so um, going back to the start, you know, we had this um, problem with our own kids, and it actually started off with me seeing these educational apps and thinking, wow, these are wonderful. My mom used to force me to do these boring workbooks (laughs) <laughs> and you know I hated it, but it worked it you know made me smarter. Uh, these educational apps are like fun, they're adaptive, they've got AI now, so they're really good, but you know the other stuff never you know um, was 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 better at keeping their attention so when we when we started out, it was all about okay, look, how can I get my kids to do the educational stuff? So we tried out all the other software, so basically. I was using other software, but in the background, myself turning things on and off, blocking stuff, and so that, that was manually doing it. And it was, what we're trying to do is just automate that. But as you said, was you know, how can one app? Do that to other apps, and there were some technologies out there previously. Ones called MDM, ones VPN, where something else takes over your, your iPad, and companies and schools use these types of tools to take control over devices. But it 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 can break down. It slows down performance. It's very difficult to set up, and um, so it wasn't a, a solution that would apply to what we were um, trying to do. Um, and as we explained, we, we, we spoke to a lot of development folk, development outfits, and set the problem and the solution. And how do we get from A to B? And they were like, well, actually, we don't think, we're not confident that we can get mm. there. Um, they also questioned the business model, is it? And we're like, look, we're going to pay you. Let's do it. And they're <laughs> like, well, you know, we don't care about getting, like, just, just getting paid. We want our team to actually achieve something at the end of it. Um, so what, what what we did was um, we found what I'd say is like super developers, so full stack developers. So rather than a big team, um, we, we hired, you know, individuals who were kind of superstars, could do everything. And they cost the same as a team. But we, we decided to go for the individual who could take on the full responsibility themselves versus the
2: full team. And... I guess because uh, I know I understand that your the app is now in beta, right? You've got a you've got users on the platform. I think of, uh, at least a thousand users at this point. Um, where do you think uh, both think the current iteration of, of the product is in the product market fit journey? Yeah, we we,
3: we just what um, what we found was um, when we first created the app, it would take an hour. On a Zoom call to onboard a parent, (laughs) not ideal. We we lost a lot
0: of people on that journey. So that
3: that you know, trying to schedule something, even though that we 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 thought as parents, wow, look, you know, this is such a great solution. Like, why wouldn't parents go through an hour Zoom call? Yeah. But reality was they wouldn't. Yeah. So then we we created the product so it was self serve so they could go through it with tutorials and. You know, a guidance to, to set it up, and that, that took a while, and we got that down to someone being able to do that in less than five minutes, three to five minutes. Um, we, that sounds more marketable for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: that, that was a huge yeah. step forward and for then, us.
3: Yeah, just, just yesterday we've done another release, which is what Meredith was describing, because even that wasn't, wasn't good enough. Parents have very short time frames, and they see our marketing and they're like, okay, look, this is a great solution, let's let's download it. But then yeah, we're asked we we're putting too many questions like mm. which apps do you want to use? It's like, oh, we don't know. That's another pain point. So what we've got is, you know, um, something which is like more of a one-click solution. So everything's pre-populated. We're not saying that's what you should have for your child, but at least you've got a starting point. So we've just released that, and that's that's less than a minute. I'd say 30 seconds a parent can download set up and they are going so that's what we've been focusing on which is this setup up onboarding side of things and that you know e- even in a day we've seen like a massive
2: uptick in in users so end of the day as as good as a product is um it's worth nothing if there aren't users on the platform and you have I, from our conversation earlier about at least a thousand tell us a little bit about the user growth since starting this how you've been bringing them on the platform and some of the behaviors that you've noticed from your users yeah um, I, th- I think you know so
3: ironically you um you know our, our our easiest marketing channel is uh, is Google and Meta, <laughs> um, and we, we run various marketing tests, and we can download we can get a US user to download our app for between uh, one to two US dollars. So that shows that there's something that's really gelling with parents because that's that's a really good um, cost of acquisition, and that's the easiest. So at the moment we we haven't really fully turned on that tap we just want a trickle of users to come through because we're learning from those users mm-hmm. and in terms of what we've learned um, is what we've iterated around firstly that parents have a very very short time frame um, they're very busy and so you've got to make things as simple as possible um, to, to to set up so that, that's been our, our greatest learning um, but we've also kind of got a lot of confidence around it it is a pain point parents want a solution they understand the story they want to have something where they're not um it's not um, everything or nothing they want balance they want
2: quality on the on their kids screen time um Hamil Meredith we got to go into the 10:30 am news bulletin uh, and and when we come back we'll talk a little bit about why you both are based here in KL, as well as some of the the big concern here, whether someone like an Apple or Google could replace this product that you're building here with an update of their own in time. All of this we'll get into and more in a few minutes, as well as the monetization plan. Folks, I've been speaking with the co-founders of parental control learning app, Carrots & Cake, Meredith DePaolo and Hamil Shah. I'm Roshan Karnison, you're listening to Open for Business here on BFM 89.9, the Business Station.
1: Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by Bosbele.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Build fortunes modestly. BFM 89.9. Open for Business is powered by Bosbele.com,
2: Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM eighty nine point nine. Welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kannesson, and this morning I've been speaking with the co-founders of Parental Control Learning App Carrots and Cake, Meredith DePaolo and Hamil Shah. Um, Meredith, uh, uh, Hamil, um, one of the big things that you know we're seeing here is that sometimes um, handing over a tool or going to a tool can maybe parents might feel like, oh, we're just handing our kids another device here. Uh, but underlying all this is really this. Big fight, not between parents and kids, but between parents and Silicon Valley, and all the UI and uh, pulling the, the the way they've con- engineered these apps to give these dopamine highs. Um, what are you guys doing to combat that? To help parents in this fight against uh, the dopamine highs of the digital age?
0: Well, you're you're precisely right. Um, you know, parents. They want to give their kids the very best, um, and you know, I'm a mom. I'm going to be the first one to raise my hand and say, "So much about parenting It feels like it's about making me feel guilty that I'm not doing enough, <laughs> that I am not enough, you know, for my children." And you know, while I want to give them the device because, you know, selfishly, I want that quiet time. I want mm. that peace and quiet. I want to be able to cook dinner without disturbance. You know, I start to feel guilty. Oh no, is am, am I? I'm turning their brains to mush by <laughs> by doing this. Um, and uh, you know a lot of what we see is that these apps that keep the kids hooked, like um, you know, Roblox, Minecraft, YouTube. We're not against them, but you know we think that there has to be balance. And those those teams behind those apps. You have to remember, they have the very best engineers in the world that have algorithms that are specifically looking at how your child is interacting with their device, and then targeting that to keep their attention. So they are—they're um, using what they call persuasive design, mm. and that's designed, you know, to, to keep your kids hooked, to not allow them to put their device down. So parents who, like I said before, are pulling their hair out, you know, over you know their kids' screen time. You have to forgive yourself. This is not This is not a battle between you and your child. This is a battle between your family and Silicon mm. Valley. Your kids wanting to do uh, YouTube and these games and go on Instagram and TikTok, even though you tell them not to, you know what, that's a kid being a kid. That's how kids are built. And the reason for that is because their prefrontal cortex has not developed yet. Your prefrontal cortex is the part of the brain that controls your executive function. It's what uh, tells you, you know, what's right and wrong, if you should take a risk. Do you do what your parents say? Do you, do you, you know, this is the final part of the brain to develop. And it doesn't happen until you're 25 years old. So when we wanted to, you know, approach uh, sort of a guilt-free way for parents to give their kids a the device, to give their uh, their kids the best that technology has to offer. Firm. Um, and we said, we want to do it from a behavioral science standpoint. We want to really look at the statistics behind here. And, we, you know, I think we've mentioned our background. We're not scientists. We're not doctors. That's what led us to go to some of the very best addiction specialists in the United States. We went to professors, university professors, teachers. Mm. We got a lot of advice on how how to build this in a way that um, accounts for, for a kid's developing prefrontal cortex.
2: So how have you, I guess, how have you taken all all that knowledge and turn it, turned it into IP to combat that fight against Silicon Valley, essentially?
0: So the approach that we use um, of managing the order in which kids do apps, like that's something that we have a patent on right now, or we're patent pending on it right now. Um, but by having them do the harder things first, um, tasks with a high cognitive load, um, we're able to introduce delayed gratification. Mm. We're able to... Um, Avoid dopamine feedback loops, and we'll also be able to combat that persuasive design of the apps that keep kids hooked. So, if you look at like a chart of how their brain is working, you don't see these constant instant highs that um, like the social media apps give kids. Like whenever you get a, a like on one of your posts, you immediately have this sense of dopamine. Like mm-hmm. and. The more dopamine that courses through your system, over time, the more dopamine you're going to need. And you're going to be chasing that and chasing that. That and
2: insensitivity we- comes into play.
0: Exactly. That's the dopamine feedback loop. Mm. And we try to um, try to even that out and to avoid that.
2: Now, um, now all that sounds... Great. And you've, you've got a patent pending, you've put some IP together, you've built a sequence that is working uh, with your users. Uh, but that's it. This still feels, as I mentioned earlier, uh, like a product or a feature as opposed to a multi-pronged company at this point. And the concern, I guess, for a lot of businesses, not just you, anyone who has a single app or a single feature in the tech world, whether a big player like the Apples, the Microsofts, and the Googles who own the operating systems can come in and just replace you with an update. How are you managing this risk as you build this company?
3: Yeah, it's, it's a great question. We get asked all the time, <laughs> um, people joining the company, people consulting to us, um, yeah, as we mentioned the developers. Um, and, and frankly, you know, if uh, Google and uh, Apple offered this, that would be great, because that's our job done. Um, but the reality is that this would affect their revenue model. This would affect, you know, how they, they make money. And um, if it does that, you know, I think it's, it's uh, very unlikely that they'd actually do that. Um, I think an example is age verification. So um, ironically, Roblox is for 13 plus, but 80% of their users are below 13. Mm. So how does that happen? Um, because, you know, all your your kids' friends are all using Roblox. So if you set your iPad up as, um, you know, for an eight-year-old, then you can't download the app. Then all your kids are doing that. So you've got all these kind of little loopholes going on. If... Apple, Google wanted to do age verification, um, they could could do it really, really easily. They can use AI even without kind of people, you know, putting in their details just based on how people are interfacing with the device. But have they made any steps to do anything like that? No. Why? It would affect the bottom line. So, you know, we're, we're trying to give power to parents Today, what parents are doing is they're taking an adult device with adult defaults and adult content and handing it over to kids. We want parents to be able to download Carrots and Cake with two, three clicks, make it
2: child-appropriate. And, you know, but at the same time, uh, Apple, for example, opened up the API for screen screen time, for screen control. So it shows that there is maybe some element of pressure that they've like, okay, we need to manage this. But you're, I guess the thesis here is that you're banking on them not feeling enough pressure to do it themselves.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think there's, um, you know, a, a fine balance. And, you know, I don't think, you know, all these tech people are, you know, these evil folk. So I think there's like, hey, look, you know, we, we they, they will do what, you know, outwardly is seen to be important. Um, But there's, you know, they're they're in the news all the time. Um, There's 40 states in the U.S. now suing Meta. you are getting whistleblowers internally from these companies saying, hey, this is what was actually happening. These were decisions we were making. And it's not, you know, the kids' health that's, you know, ultimately making that decision.
0: We're not saying that big tech is bad, but we are saying we don't trust big tech to regulate itself.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which sounds like a pretty uh, apt uh, thesis in my book. Um, we'll get into, we've got to talk a little bit about the monetization journey because you are still pre-revenue. And in order for this to be a success, um, you have to make money. And we'll get into that in just a bit. Folks, I've been speaking with the co-founders of Parental Control Learning App, Carrots & Cake, Meredith DePaulo and Hamil Shah. We'll be back in just a bit. I'm Roshan Kinderson. You've been listening to Open for Business. Keep it here at BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBolle.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Brave Finance Managers, BFM 89.9 Open for Business is powered by BossBolle.com,
2: Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9 Welcome back to Open for Business I'm Roshan Kenison And this morning I've been speaking with the co-founders Of Parental Controlled Learning App Carrots and Cake Meredith DePaulo and Hamil Shah um, Meredith Hamil Currently the app is pre-revenue You're in beta You've, you've been releasing features Learning from the process But um, but you are still pre-revenue, and in order for this business to thrive, in order for it to be sustainable, uh, you have to stop paying for it out of your own pocket at some point. So, talk to us a little bit about the commercialization journey and monetization plan for Carrots and Cake.
3: Yeah, our our, our plan is a freemium model, and we'd like to have a basic version free forever, so you can select parents can select um, three apps and. Um, the kids can do that, and that's set, um, you know, uh, for every day. At the moment, we've already got functionality where you can change what apps they do by day, and you can loop the sequence of carrots and cake. There's, there's a lot of extra functionality, and, you know, today it's free for current users, but ultimately we bring in a, a freemium model. Um, and we're really confident that, you know, parents will pay, you know, People We we've, we've do tests where we ask people to pay and they, they click on those tests, but we're, we're not charging. Um, and, and today, parents will pay for educational apps. Education flips from third to fourth on the app store as a category mm. on, on, in terms of revenue. So parents will pay for that. And parents pay for parental control apps today. And we'd say parental control apps that are out there, they don't work because kids get around them. And the educational apps, when you um, look at them individually, their day 30 retention tends to be about five percent or or below. And to me, that's ridiculous. That's worse than gym membership. You know, you sell, sell the gym <laughs> membership, educational app, you sell, sell the ideally annual subscription or monthly subscription and you get it on auto renew. And that's how educational apps make, make money. So if, if parents are willing to pay for those things which don't work, then we're really confident that parents will pay for carrots and cake, which does work and it
2: enables um, the, the solution to the pain points what parents are paying for already. So I polled a few parents uh, around me, and they all liked the solution. But the first question they asked was, how much? So what is the pricing strategy going to be like, and what is the target market? Because while you're based in KL, there is the opportunity to target the much higher paying markets like the US, for example.
0: Um, yeah. So, so like Camel said, we feel that um, you know we want to have this free version that's open to all. But if parents want more flexibility, if they want more features, um, uh, you know, in order to really. Um Customize it to their child and their what their kids like to do. Um, we have a, a, a subscription model that you could either do um, on a monthly basis. Right now, we're saying it's nine ninety nine a month. You could buy it quarterly for uh, twenty four ninety nine, and an annual subscription would be fifty nine mm-hmm.
2: ninety nine. And currently, how many percent of your users are paying for the service?
0: Well, we. I don't know if we if, I don't know if I can actually say the number that is actually paying. We do have paying customers. Okay. I can tell I can tell you that. Um, uh, but you know we're really trying to get as many customers as possible at the moment uh, or uh, as many users because you know the what what their feedback that they give us helps us in our iteration um, and to get to product market fit. Uh, so actually, we have a code that we'd like to give your BFM listeners. Um, if they go to the App Store and download Carrots and Cake, if they use the code SMARTERSCREENS, <laughs> they'll get uh, 60 days free.
2: And that's the... So right now, the pre-revenue part of this journey is to get yourself to product market fit. That said, it requires money to fund all this. So how much... you know? And this has been bootstrapped for, from my understanding, self-funded. How much of a runway do you have further and... Uh, On top of that, when will you look to raise funds?
0: Well, um, TechCrunch, which probably a lot of your listeners have uh, heard of, they named us one of the top 200 startups uh, in the world. And we were out in San Francisco with them at their big TechCrunch Disrupt Conference um, in September. And uh, so since then, we've been getting approached, which is a very nice position to be in, mm-hmm. by um, VC funds, um, both in the ed-tech world and the health tech world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we're really looking at uh, is a goal of doing a seed round uh, in the start of the year, so in about January. And we have, uh, we have a lot of interested parties right now, so we're feeling pretty optimistic about <laughs> being able to, to raise money and continue development.
2: And in terms of runway, I presume longer than January? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, <laughs>
3: I think, um, yeah, we, we, we've got at least a year and we can turn on the revenue tap. Um, so that, I think that, that's fine. It's more about getting that product market fit, mm-hmm. um, which, which we've got, you know, lots of, um, uh, I think that's the challenge is like, you know, every family has this you know kind of issue so which one does it work with which families does it work with in real life Mm -hmm. um we're finding kind of groups like homeschooling groups uh faith based families um families whose kids have you know kind of sensitivity um to digital use etc so we're finding all these um segments so i think that's our focus at the moment let's really go deeper into those segments and we've got we've got got time to do that
2: uh, and right now with especially with the uh, getting the setup time to less than a minute for with yesterday's feature you are getting closer to that product market fit which then makes it you know uh your seed round more palatable as well because then it's about growth going forward um so talk to us a little bit about um how much you need to raise to take you to the next stage going forward and the key goals for the next one year
3: Yeah, so I think um, what we're looking to do is raise between 1.5 million USD to 2 million USD in in Q1 next year. And what that will allow us to do is um, invest further in the the product um, in, in terms of being able to integrate other apps into our app. And then also making um, the kids' environment really kind of fun and exciting. At the moment, it's like kind of pretty boring, and, and kids are like, "Wow!" Like wow, you've taken away. I don't know about w- that. No,
0: <laughs> <great>. <laughs>
1: um, but
3: that—that's the, the the kind of that will be our our key focus for the next year, kind of elevating the product, um, because. And then we'll we'll be you know kind of funneling more money into those marketing channels to to grow at a reasonable pace whilst we're still learning.
0: Also, eventually expanding into Android as well because mm-hmm. that's that's a huge market that that we can um, we we can work with also.
2: Yeah, in terms of volume, I think there's no fighting that uh, Android is the m- uh, most of the market uh, outside the US at least. Um, when we talk about some of the the customer acquisition journey with the few minutes that we have left here, so far you haven't really. Turned on that tap just yet that funnel in terms of uh, putting money to work in customer acquisition. Um, what I mean, the channels that you're looking at, uh, Meta, uh, Google. Um, you have how much success? Because you, you mentioned just now, I think the acquisition about two dollars per acquisition earlier. Yeah, um, for a download. Are you expecting that to lower with time? Because that's a really pretty good number.
3: Yeah, it, it's really hard to tell. Like some some folk who are, um, you know, have done this who have said like you know um, that's really good, but it might not scale. Yeah. So we're we're working with a lot of influencer groups. Um, we're focusing on health professionals and teachers, and getting our kind of our name out there as the solution on the ground. So on the one hand, we've got the Meta Google tap, which you can turn on, but we're not relying on that. And that that's working, and we're, we're finding different kind of. Um, ways to advertise even within those channels. So we've got all that lined up. And then it's a question of like, you know, how much do we do? And in theory, you're right, it should, with with more spend, costs should come down because the algorithms become even better and more yeah. efficient. Um, but we're not counting on that.
2: And to wrap up this conversation, uh, I know it's very early, it's uh, still pre-revenue, you haven't raised funds yet. Um, but typically I find that founders have an idea of how they want the long term to go, right? And in terms of the kind of exit they envision for their business in the longer run, um, what do you think is the most likely type of exit for this kind of business based on what you've seen in the market or in terms of your own aspirations? I mean, we'd we'd
3: love to IPO. Um, And what we've started off with is a, I'd say a small addressable niche. This is, you know, young kids, but ultimately, what we're about is using tech intentionally. So you as an adult say, hey, this is how I want to use my tech time. I want to do some meditation. I want to do some fitness. So you do that stuff first. And then you can go on to you know, your social media, Instagram, TikTok, or whatever. But you set your device up front to how you want to do it. So you're controlling the device. The device isn't controlling you. And so that we think is a huge market. People have been trying to solve different parts of it today, but we, we don't think that you know the persuasive design of tech has, has won. So once we you know um, do this niche, then we can expand, and an mm. IPO would be fantastic. So
2: it's not just about combating, uh, uh, not just about helping parents with their children, but essentially this long-term battle with Silicon Valley over persuasive design. So it'll be interesting to see what else you build, uh, both of you build in the future. In the meantime, thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Thank you Fantastic. for having us. Thank
2: you. Folks, I've been speaking with the co-founders of Parental Control Learning app, Carrots and Cake, Meredith DePaolo and Hamel Shah. If you missed any part of this conversation, you can catch the full conversation, which will be available on podcast in a few hours' time. Just go to bfm.my, the BFM app, or wherever you get your podcast. Just look up Open for Business. Uh, on that note, I'm Roshan Karnison. You've been listening to Open for Business. Keep it here at BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: Are you open for business? Register your company with com, Malaysia's first online company secretary.
0: You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.